Broadcasting directly from our studios in sunny Orlando, Florida, you are listening to Faith Unregulated. We are your hosts, Javi and Jessica Madrigal, and on this podcast, we discuss the hard topics around having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. In today's episode, we're talking about the power of prayer and how it can strengthen our relationship with God. We'll dive into the importance of prayer and discuss the practical ways to make it a more meaningful part of our life. And on this episode today, we are talking about the power of prayer, strengthening our relationship with God. Right. But first, listen, I wanted to take just a second to introduce you to a one more time to our um Basically, it's a it's our listeners or followers community, a private community on Facebook, and you can find it here at facebook.com slash groups slash faith unregulated. You guys, if you need a group of um, supportive uh, faith based humans that just want to pray for you, they want to share with you that you guys, you can you can share your wins. God, God be the glory. You know what I'm saying? Like go in there and talk about what's going on in your life. If you don't have a place where you can talk about that, that's where you can talk about it. Um, we have formed a group of uh, people who will actually pray for you when you ask for prayer. And yeah. I think really sharing the stories uh, that glorify God and their testimonies is really powerful. And um, I would love to have you in there. Right. And uh, just a little side note, talking about prayer, we uh, we just appreciate everyone that has been praying for us, praying for our family yeah. um, and, uh, you know, just helping us to to get through some of the, the illnesses and some of the challenges that we're going through currently. Um, but praise God, we're getting better and uh, we're moving forward. CL's here. <laughs> and he's he's the one blowing You're, up everything. CL's, this is what family does. <laughs> family goes on your broadcast and blows it up. <laughs> we love you, CL. That's great. Thank you so much. Yes, prayer. Brother, today we're talking about prayer. Let's talk about it, right? <laughs> and you can't yeah. forget the McGriddle. McGr- McGr- it's because of all of you who've heard the story that our last name got messed up on a podcast and we were forever the McGriddles. It's CL's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and it's carrying through. That's right. That's right. I love it. It's, it's, it's a name that's catching on. It's, very it's my catchy. favorite. All right. So you guys, listen, we wanted to talk about prayer this week. And I know that that seems like um, a basic or uh, um, a fundamental conversation because it is. But we really want to attack this um, this part of our lives in a way that maybe you haven't heard or maybe just from our own experience. We want to look dig into some of the things that are... Well, well, I think more compelling, right? I, I, I think, uh, when, when it comes to prayer, um, we kind of overlook certain fun, those fundamental things. We overlook those things. Uh, even when we say, uh, you know, we'll pray for you or someone's asking for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, talking about CL, um, I saw a post that you made CL this, uh, over the weekend, I believe that you were, you know, you were out in an event and you, you know, you prayed for someone right then and there. And I love what you said, you know, if you're going to pray for somebody, pray for them mm-hmm. right there, you know, don't say, Oh, Hey, we'll pray for you. No. Um, pray for them. E- even, you know, your friends that, um, are online and, and, and you're making a comment. And I, I think it's, I think, uh, we've gotten used to, 
just saying, hey, we'll pray for you. But I hope you are. I hope that you are not just saying it to, to say it. Um, and unfortunately, I think that may be the case because we, we have busy lives and we mm-hmm. get distracted. Mm-hmm. And we may have the right intention that we're going to pray for an individual that a friend or an acquaintance that we see online. Right. Uh, but I say when you, you're typing that out, or maybe even before you type that out, before you comment, pray for that person. Right. Take five minutes, heck, even less than that, 30 seconds, and just pray for them right there in that moment. Um, don't let that just be words. I guess that's what yeah, I'm I think saying. it's more powerful, especially um in and I'm just gonna put this out there that even in God's eyes, I think it's just more powerful that we are taking the time out of when we would normally not be praying. You know, if we're waiting until we have our prayer time and that's great, you know, when you're sitting down, okay, I've got my list of people, I'm going to pray over all of them. And that's really important in your prayer closet. But if you're just out and about and you you're thinking of somebody or God put someone on your heart, or they have a comment on Facebook about something that they need prayer for, or you, they text you, um, stopping what you're doing and putting that first in that moment and saying, God, right now I take aside time, from what I'm doing to intercede for this other human being who is not me. I'm not dealing with their pain. I don't have to do this right now, but I am stepping into the gap for on their behalf and interceding for them and saying, Lord Jesus, cover them, right? right? Give them favor, heal them, give them provision, whatever it happens to be. And it it could be 30 seconds, but that's more powerful than just saying, I prioritize this right now on your behalf, right? Then saying, I'm going to add that to my list and check that box later. Like prayer is powerful, but I I, I just think God really honors our hearts when we are always willing to run up beside somebody and just stand in the gap right there. Right right there. Because you never know what that means. Right. And it means a lot. Uh, Not only, well, it means a lot to the people that we're praying for. Um, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> this morning. We're coming right out of the gate hot. So hey, good morning, Monica. Monica's here. Hey, good morning. All right. So that's okay. I think that uh, God's putting on, on our hearts something that we didn't even intend on adding into this, which was um, how to pray for others. Just you know, kind of mixing it up, stirring mm-hmm. up the pot on how we handle that. So I think that's great. Right. But the but, first thing we want to do. Yeah, let's dive in. The first thing we want to do is dive into. Scripture, right? <laughs> All right. So the first thing we're going to bring up is First Thessalonians 5.17. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ Jesus. I love that. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Um, that is something that people are like, you want me to be happy all the time? And I think it's really important to bring up that happiness and joy are not the same. Yeah. They're not the same thing, guys. Say it for those in the back. Life is not for the purpose of you being happy. (laughs) Just saying. um, You could be joyful joyful. and, and really going through your trial. Yeah. Joy has to do with the love of God and deep in your heart and gratitude. Right. And your contentment with, with God, knowing that he, Mm -hmm. He is with you in the highs and lows, mm-hmm. and you're content with that. Okay, it doesn't mean that you know you're not going to have challenges. There's not going to be tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know, can I have tragedy? Can I deal with tragedy? Tragedy, 
and still have joy in my life? And I say, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I've had absolute joy during moments of absolute frustration, because I know that even though I'm climbing up that high hill, that mountain that's been put before me, and I'm like, really, this is what I have to deal with. But I know in my heart, the joy of the Lord, because I know on the other side of that climb, there's hope. I know that there's hope in the moment. I know that there's um, the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, to be a little cliche, but that's really what it is. It's the joy is there's a purpose to what I'm doing and it's not for nothing. That's the difference. I think one of the, there's so many differences between walking with the Lord and not through trials. Um, but I think that it's it, one of the biggest differences I've seen in, cause I've walked without the Lord and I've walked with the Lord, right? Not, I'm not one of those people um, that had uh, a upbringing with God and, and, and kind of didn't ever know the difference. There's a huge difference when you're walking in with God through a trial and you don't have, or excuse me, not with God through a trial, there's no like payoff or end goal or there's, what am I doing this for? You're just going through crap, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no supplication. There's no, you're not talking to anybody about it. You're just burying yourself and spiraling in whatever the enemy is trying to throw on you, which is shame or guilt or all of the feelings that you might have around um, what somebody else is doing to you or whatever. And then it, that's kind of the end of it. There's no joy being, hey, there's hope. Hey, there's peace. Hey, there's something to be had at the end of this, right? right. Hey, Chris is here. Chris, hey, family. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, but go ahead. I, that was what I wanted no, to say. No, anyway, let's let's move on to um, some of the, the topics that we want to hit. Yeah, absolutely. So there's various types of prayer, you guys, um, each serving a unique purpose. We're only going to bring up three today, but there are multiples. There's all different types of prayer. And that doesn't mean types of prayers, meaning they're scripted prayers. Um, this just means ways we approach God and for what reason. So um, number one we wanted to address today is adoration, praising God for his greatness and expressing our love for him. Adoration is the overflow of our hearts as we bask in the greatness of God. It's an act of worship where we express our love, awe, and reverence for him. Right. And yeah. that there is where we can experience the joy. Mm -hmm the joy of God, it, it really expressing our love for him. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, there have been many times and many trials that I've gone through personally mm -hmm. and just praising him and expressing my love for him during the storm, mm -hmm. right? During the storm, knowing that he is with me, knowing that he is carrying me because like you said, yeah. I know how it is without him. Yep. I know how it is going through really hard times in my life without him and feeling alone and feeling abandoned, right? And not having, mm -hmm. uh, feeling like I have no way out or no solution. And but the thing is, is mm -hmm. I, I know that he is loving on me uh, through it and he is uh, carrying me through Oh, absolutely. Whatever I'm going through. And the best part of that is that you're you're relying on somebody who is perfect and never failing instead of relying on those around you who are just as limited human beings as we are, right? Let's bring up another verse. Um, this is Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. This sacrifice of praise 
uh, is so important. This is what I was talking about when you sacrifice that time. You're not saying, okay, I'm going to, at the end of the day, I'm going to leave some time for you. You're sacrificing doing something else. Sacrifice of praise. You're giving your energy, your time, your, your attention to God in praise, proclaiming our allegiance. You know, something uh, I don't think we think about, uh, I don't, I just realized in this moment, this is coming to me now, but I don't think we realize that proclaiming our allegiance to God in when we're praising him is even just in worship is spiritual warfare in the like stance that we're taking that being immovable that we all want to be, you know, when the enemy comes against us, that's war that we're proclaiming right there. We're saying, no, this is where I stand. This is me proclaiming my allegiance to God. Those are words. Those are words of war. I mean, those are things that, that, because there's always something coming against us in the spirit realm, right? There's spiritual warfare always going on. And when we walk into that place, we step into spiritual allegiance and we're proclaiming it. Proclaiming is just a strong word, right? Proclaiming, declaring, you know what I mean? And that's a loud shout of of strength and, um, oh gosh, I don't know. I'm just, that immovability is really what comes to mind. It's like you're you're, uh, you're just immovable. And I I think that's such a place in my mind where I think this is where I want to live in that immovable place. Mm -hmm. And, but we don't, we, we think that it just, once we're there, we're there. And that's not true because we have so much wind coming against us in the spiritual realm with the attacks from the enemy. And we have to knock that stuff off of us by proclaiming once again, once again, every day. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. But you know, the, the scripture, the scripture encourages current encourages us to continually offer up that sacrifice like we were talking about acknowledging god mm-hmm. is worthy of all adoration that he's worthy absolutely okay so one of the things okay that i observed over the weekend i don't know if you guys you guys saw this um and, and and put aside what let's put aside a second for what you may think of an individual or a or politics, uh, politics, or, or whatever else. But I was, we were watching the whole ceremony of uh, King Charles's ceremony. Okay, the reason why I wanted, number one, wanted to watch it. I, I love historical events. Yeah, uh, for I history love, buffs, <laughs> and I love watching historical events, uh, especially something that ha- hasn't happened in many, many years. In this case, decades. Okay, not in our lifetime have we seen a coronation of a king in that way. Uh, And so I wanted to watch it. I wanted to see it. And uh, again, put aside for a second what you think of uh, the person or maybe what you think of their monarchy. But what I thought was beautiful is the ceremony itself and the declaration of God Mm -hmm. and his immense power and majesty Mm -hmm. and acknowledgement of Jesus Christ in that church, you saw many different cultures represented other religions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many other religions yet. God, Jesus Christ, was being acknowledged and uplifted, exalted, and exalted, yeah, above all. Mm-hmm. 
and let's cut through all those other things and let's look at what was being proclaimed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that cuts through a lot of the noise. His name, his power, his majesty cuts through all those things. Mm -hmm. Millions of people watched this mm -hmm. and heard. Right. The, the name of God, Jesus Christ being proclaimed throughout the world. Okay. Um, and I thought that was absolutely beautiful. I know that, you know, uh, a lot of the network news, the commentators spoke over those things. They didn't allow you to really hear that, but you know, there are other outlets that just let it be. You just heard the live streaming coverage. Uh, and they didn't pipe in their comments or anything like that. There are a lot of those. You could go back and even watch some of the highlights if you missed it. Um, but if you do watch it, I, I encourage you to not get caught up in all the worldliness, all the worldliness, but <laughs> yeah. listen and watch God be glorified. It was a really beautiful moment. I think we as um, humans can miss sometimes how God can be glorified through things because we're caught up in the worldliness of something or maybe the hearts of people. We assume that they're not in it or all the things that we do to ruin things as humans sometimes, <laughs> but God is glorified and right. that's great. Um, I want to bring up another verse for this too. Um, Psalm 30 11 says you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. So back to that, um, that of course he was, what you were talking about was the allegiance piece, um, <coughs> proclaiming allegiance, but the joy in our mourning that comes because we can rely on him to take the sting away. It's really him mm. taking the sting and the, the, the burden of something that's too much for us to bear. So we can walk through. He's like our spotter. You know, we can walk through these things. Um, this verse reminds us that God turns our mourning into dancing, right? So I just think that uh, that's such a powerful verse because most of us wouldn't go through a moment of mourning and then all of a sudden we're dancing. But it's that freedom of being able to just be in our process, be in it, right. knowing right. we're just, we're going to move through it instead of never move out of it. Right. And we're through that, we're, we're, acknowledging his faithfulness his goodness his love like we're like i was saying about mm -hmm. his joy or the joy that he gives us okay mm -hmm. we we are then practicing his love we are engaging with his love right right his faithfulness his goodness by 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 not only acknowledging it but walking in it I think that that's what brings the, the acknowledging it's the peace. That's the mm -hmm. gratitude. So when we're in it, um, our adoration uh, is like, um, like our prayers are sweet incense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But our, our adoration is like a melody to yes. God. It's like, that's a, it's a mindset when we're in adoration and that type of prayer and that type of mindset, it really is the gratitude. You're just in awe. I mean, I'm in awe of God driving around, just looking at, different part we've lived in all different parts of the country oh yes and it's like the That's beauty of point. what god's created is immeasurable what, it's insane yeah one of the th one of the things that for me how god speaks to me it's always been this case 
uh, is out in nature, out in the world. God shows me when I'm, I'm, I'm able to get away and it could be anywhere. It could be at the beach. It could be in the woods. It could be wherever, Mm -hmm. even traveling. We've traveled across country and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. The Holy Spirit really ministers to me at that time and shows me his, his great majesty. Again, I can't, I can't stop saying that because it's, it, it's it, majesty. It is. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, everything that he's created, acknowledging his creation and the beauty behind it. Um, and when there have been so many times that he has ministered to me in the moment when I just take a moment and look, mm-hmm. look at what he's done, right. look at who he is. Yep. And once I do that, taking my eyes off my circumstances, taking yep. my eyes off of myself for a moment, he's then able to minister to me in a deeper, yep. a, a, a much more deeper way. And I think um, I want to bring that up just for a second. Um, I want to camp on this for a moment. I think the adoration prayer, the reason why I want to camp here longer is adoration is probably uh, should be our foremost prayer. Honoring God and glorifying God should be the very first thing we do because it become it it starts our our prayer out with gratitude. It sets our mind at the right place. Are we starting our prayer in our pain? Doesn't mean we can't do this. It doesn't mean we shouldn't bring all this to Jesus. But resetting our minds and our and posturing our hearts with adoration and gratitude first then gives us a way into praying about our pain. We'll talk about confession and supplication in a minute. But adoration should come first because it it sets the posture, okay? But let's talk about, just for a second, um, are we praying about our pain or are we praying about our purpose? There's places for both, and there needs to be a balance. We can't avoid praying about our pain because that's that's what God, God wants to talk to us about our pain. God wants to talk to us about our healing and um, our lessons and our uh, ch- the changing of our heart and, and transformation, right? But also, when we get our minds, like you just said, our eyes and our minds off ourselves and our pain, what does pain want to do? It wants to wants to, to flash a blinking light, like boop, 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 pain over here, over here, over here. Like physically speaking, you have pain sensors, you know, uh, receptors in your brain that are just shouting at you, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And when you're in pain, you ever notice how exhausted you get because you can't you can't focus on anything else? They're the pain receptors, they're just, they're just like... They're just shouting at you all the time and they take all your mental and physical energy, literally physical energy. Um, I know like think about it, when you have a migraine or a headache or um, some kind of uh, pain, that, the chronic pain, it just you're so tired because all your energy is going to that pain and therefore you can't focus right. on anything else. Right. So it doesn't have to be necessarily physical pain. It could be emotional pain. Yeah. It could be what you're going through, you know, what you're focusing your mind on. Right. right. Maybe it, it's, um, you know, a, a broken heart or mm-hmm. um, uh, you've received some really distressing news. Right. And you're emotionally tied to that uh, in a way that it's absorbing your your every thought. Right. So then you can't be in your purpose. Like, well, so my physical example was was you're right. Um, so it can be both those things. But my physical example was. um. Uh, 
was really to just say like physically speaking, biologically speaking, our bodies can't focus on healing and can't focus on building. Like we're not working out when we're like that. We're not building into the next level yeah. of growth physically mm -hmm. because we're so focused on the, our body's so focused on the pain. Right. right. So like then mentally you went, you, you jumped ahead of me, <laughs> but mentally speaking, that's where I was going is that we've been wired to work that way. So we really have to focus on growth. When we have pain, we have to be so intentional because the pain is so loud. And so because pain in our life, whether it's relational or it's financial or it's health or whatever, or, you know, like you said, a tra traumatic experience of some kind, it could be something we've done to ourselves or something someone else has done or situational. Um, or even consequential. And we are flat out focused on praying about that. So we never get to praying about our purpose. God, what do you want me to do for someone else? God, what do you want me to go accomplish today in someone else's life? An impact. Um, how do you want me to, or even how do you want me to heal? It's not, we're just focused on God, fix the pain. God, let's get, we could get the pain to go away. Then we could focus on, you know, purpose, but God's like, yeah, but actually if you start focusing on the purpose, when it comes to like spiritual health, you start focusing on the purpose and, and, and we, we start with adoration and gratitude. You've already moved away from the pain. That's why I'm saying like my full circle. My whole point is that if we're, if we're focusing on our purpose more, the, the movement away from focusing on our pain and the healing comes quicker if we just move first, instead of waiting for the pain to go away, we move first. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we intentionally do the practical move and the rest comes. So you were talking about something that happened to you in worship this weekend at church when um, you were just trying to kind of get, you know how it takes time to get uh, well, I, I, the, in the, the right space right, with God. Right. Because spiritually you're trying to get in into that, uh, space where you're trying to connect with him and you're trying to quiet the noise of the day or the morning in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I've, it, look, what we're talking about today, I think we all fall into this and we maybe even fall into this several times a day. We want to acknowledge these things and point out these things that are blocking us from strengthening our relationship with God. That's mm -hmm. the whole point of today's episode. Okay. And what I find, what I found myself doing, the Holy spirit really convicted me in a very gentle way. And I love this. My, my prayers, I was, I was praying and worshiping. Um, but it was all on a focus. My mindset was Lord, me, Lord, what I need, mm -hmm. Lord, you know what I'm bringing to you. Mm -hmm. I, me, okay. It was all pointed to me. And the Holy Spirit just uh, asked me, are you focusing? What are you, what is your focus on? Is it on you or people? Take your eyes off yourself for a second, basically. And so I did that. So I started praying for the church. I started praying for the individuals in the room. I started remembering all the things I've been through in my life. And, and I started applying that to whomever is in the room. Lord, if you're going, if someone's going through this, like I went through in my life or this, 
Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was family issues. Maybe it was illness, disease, whatever. So I started praying for these things individually. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what people are going through in this room. But Lord, I lift them up to you. Once I did that, the Holy Spirit was able to minister to me in a, a, a whole different level. He was actually able to address my concerns and my needs that I was asking for, but I first had to lift others up and not me. Uh, I had to take away. Right. I had to take myself, my eyes off of myself. I had to get myself out of the way for the Holy spirit to fully move. And when, when I did that, and I believe others may, the Holy spirit moves in this way. People began to, I saw it yesterday and you saw it too, where, um, people just really, brought all their their concerns and all their needs to God yeah and to the altar and it was a, a great it was a beautiful a, moment. it was a beautiful time of worship um and and it it just taught me something yeah it, it, it just stood out yeah. for me it came yesterday. people it came great. up in adoration though keep in mind you were coming up with the intent of focusing on your pain is yeah. the point. And yeah. when you walked into your purpose yes, with that, we all have, I'm not pointing out your specific purpose. We all, all have, have the it. purpose of impacting the world around us through God and yeah. lifting them up to God, like interceding, right? That's yeah. eight. That's one purpose we all have. Right. That's one. And so that specific purpose, you walked into it instead, you listened right. to the Holy spirit you walked into that. And you said this before too, in a different different analogy or circumstance. Once I did that, I was praying for different people. Um, that I, whoever was in the room, I just lifted their, their prayers up mm-hmm. to God. But then once my attention was on them, mm-hmm. God called someone to pray for me. Right. Exactly. So they, we're all they pr- bridging for each right. other. Yes. Someone was praying for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those prayers brought healing. Mm-hmm. So G- God put that on someone else's heart yep. to pray for me while I was praying for others. Right. And that's how God wants it to work. He's He's more invest, in, invested in community, right, than self-centeredness. He doesn't want us to carry our own burdens. There's a reason for that. So back to the reason why I brought all that right now. In adoration and gratitude, it takes us off of our own pain. We're focusing on focusing on God and who he is. We're focusing on God and what he has done for us. And then it shifts us into a place where he can actually minister to us, which is when the next thing comes up, which is confession. Confession is another type of prayer, and that's acknowledging our sins and seeking forgiveness. Confession is a powerful act of acknowledging our sins and seeking forgiveness from God. So this is specifically when I, I think it's better to go into confession after we've gone into adoration and gratitude and now we're open all right god what can i shift before we address what i need what 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 can i shift it doesn't mean we're always doing something wrong it just means 
you know, what, what are, where's my part in this relationship? I want to bring up 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, I know this is a whole conversation right here, and I, 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 wanna, I don't want to camp too long on this um, because it's so big and we'll just keep talking for like three hours about it. But I do want to bring up one thing before I even move into that. I want to bring it up one thing. Um, if you have been walking with God for some time, you will know this. And for those of you who haven't, I want you to hear this. Okay. When God asks us to confess and then to change from either a habit or a sin or whatever we happen to be walking in, whether we are doing everything right and we just have a shift or an alignment to make, or we're walking in sin that we know and we just won't let go of, whatever the level happens to be, what he's trying to do is give us freedom from the burden of misalignment and sin. Yes. He is not ever condemning us. Okay. God doesn't bring shame and he doesn't bring condemnation. He doesn't ever. If you feel that it is not from God, he brings freedom. I mean, even recently God came into our family and brought a total realignment of, uh, just simple things that Javi and I were like, oh, I didn't realize I was thinking about that that way. Oh, I didn't realize I was approaching that that way. Hey, thanks for telling me that, God, because once we realigned those perspectives, which, by the way, were just from old trauma and stuff that he continues to clean up, which is amazing because Jesus is great. So he's in there doing this work. And I'm like, thank you. And I got so much freedom from that realignment. But I had to confess that I was in that doesn't mean I'm a terrible person or I was in major sin and I was like in rejection of God and rebelliousness. <laughs> like I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you. I just didn't even see that I was doing it that way or approaching that or thinking that. And it was so amazing because the amount of realignment and freedom we felt in our household was like, wow, the enemy was just trying to get in there and do something. And, and, and God showed us where he was, but I had to confess that I was walking in that. Okay. So I want to bring this point up. It is a humble Humble is the word of right. the day. <laughs> Recognition of our wrongdoings, taking responsibility for our actions and turning to God for his mercy and grace. Yes, yes, exactly. Because especially when it comes to um, habits that are sinful, okay? It's sinful in a way that is is blocking God. It's not of God or, or it's not how God wants us to operate, okay? It's not one of those necessarily the maybe those sins that are out and out you know blatant blatant evil <laughs> and then we know we're walking in it yeah but we could also know that we're walking in sin by allowing our um our allowing pride to mm. to take hold yeah and we're not willing to give up that habit well, Lord, this is how I was brought up. This is just Th who I this am. This is who I am. Ooh. Right? And, yeah. and those are prideful words. Mm -hmm. Those are things saying, well, Lord, I I can't let this go. Yeah. Right? And then you're you made me this way. Ooh. You're pointing the finger, right? Back to God. You Well, you made me this way. And, and, and this is who I am. So you're you're not humbling yourself and taking responsibility 
for your actions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, look, there could be a habit that you know that you have to put down. You know that you have to put aside. Uh, it could be, you know, maybe you have a problem with anger. Maybe you have a problem with judgment. Maybe you have a problem with, uh, you know. Impatience. Yeah. yeah or gossip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you, you have to humble yourself, bring that to him, confess of your sin, and Lord, help me with this. Yes, this has been a part of my life. It's a habit. But I believe if we humbly bring that before him, take responsibility for that, and then take action on turning those things around. What kind of action? Huh? What kind of action? Fearless action. Fearless action. I was like, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> no, I just think, because that's what we're talking about here, you guys, because it's scary when God's like, I want you to change. And in what you just said was so important. You said, well, this is how you made me. Well, maybe God didn't make you that way. Maybe your parents made you that way. Maybe a previous coach made you that way. Maybe a previous spouse made you that way. And I'm not saying that they they can make you, but this was experiences that shaped habits that maybe God didn't intend for you to have. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe these experiences shaped parts of you that are just tra- trauma responses, right? Okay. Or just habits you picked up from family growing up or whatever. It doesn't mean that God made you. We're uh, attaching or assigning identity to things that were not identity. They're right. Not, they aren't. So earlier you're talking about how you left, how you lived your life with God and without God, right? And yeah. how, how much freedom you have now yep. with living with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the times that we are away from him, we aren't living uh, for him. Okay. We're living in sin. Mm -hmm. There are things that, like you were saying, that you go through and you don't have God to rely on to to carry you through. You, 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 maybe you don't know how, like you were saying, you didn't have, you weren't brought up in that way where you turn to God to, um, to help you through whatever you're you're going through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there are habits, coping mechanisms that we create in or are dealing taught. right, dealing with our worldly sin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so there's habits, there are certain ways uh, of thinking when these things come up. Mm-hmm. So when we turn our life to God and we we um he is now our Lord and Savior. We are now living for him. Mm-hmm. Those other things that come against us don't necessarily change. We may still experience the same triggers, maybe even some of the same traumas mm-hmm. that come in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we have a tendency to, what what do we do? We go back to, our old habits, right? We go back to our old triggers and a way we deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we deal with it in anger. We, we deal with it with what, whatever vices. And, yeah. and that's how the world would handle those things. And what I would challenge you is ask yourself, how would God have you deal with those same, same issues? Well, I think something that just came to my mind too, 
it's like, I know we keep going back to the analogy of a chiropractor and alignment, but this is the, something that was just shown to me. This is so interesting. Think about this. When you're walking without God, <clears throat> you're growing up and if you've got a part of your life where you didn't have God in your life or you weren't walking with him then, um, notice that you you do, you come up with like coping mechanisms and ways to deal with, um, you know, uh, stress or trauma or um, frustration or whatever. And you you have these either habits, thought processes or vices that you actually go, that your go-to coping mechanisms, okay? And so they put you in this one kind of alignment. You've got this way that you're walking your body, you know, your, your quote, quote, body is stacked one way. And because this is how you've made, made yourself to be able to operate without God, right? So you're like, okay, this is what I do in this case. This is what I do. This is how I lean over here. This is how I lean this way. Um, and this is how I, I ambulate around in this alignment. And this works for me, or you think so. Then when God comes into the picture, he's like, you no longer need those coping mechanisms because you have me. I need to realign you. He's freeing you from these coping mechanisms that you no longer need because you have him now to stand in alignment with how he has you operate. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, take that crutch off. Take that brace off. Take that habit off. You don't need that anymore. You don't need to lean crutch. on those understandings. Yeah. Not lean not into your own understanding, right? You being able, you trying to fix a situation or you trying to manage a, a, a situation or navigate with through a solution that you've created is no longer, you, you're no longer doing that. So when God realigns you, he's not like, hey, idiot, stop doing that. That's terrible. You're, you know, I'm, I'm so disappointed. That's like not, that's not at all what he's doing. He's like, hey, it's you and me now. You, I'm doing this. So I'm going to straighten your back. I'm going to make make your way straight right it says you make your path straight hello so those are the things that god's doing when we we get into that humility and that vulnerability with him and we confess right and so and again starting with adoration starting with glorifying god starting with posturing our heart with openness and saying god this is who you are focus off myself onto god this is who you are gratitude for all of the miracles that you can you've you, i've seen you do in my life and just the things that you provided or maybe even just who you are you know what i'm saying if you don't have anything to point to in your own life just who he is and then that opens you up to being able to be vulnerable so he can fix things he can move things around he can realign right and then moving into the next thing which is supplication this is a fundamental part of our relationship with God as it involves earnestly asking for his help, guidance, and provision for ourselves and for others. So the supplication piece, as we got ahead of ourselves earlier, talking about standing in the gap and interceding for others, that's the type of prayer that that would be, but on behalf of someone else. Um, let me bring up this verse, Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So again, I, I don't think we have to spend too much time on supplication, being that supplication is the thing that we always go to first. We're mm -hmm. like, give me this. Oh, yeah. Fix this, God. I'm yeah. in fight or flight. Help yeah. me. I'm dying. I'm drowning. Right. You know? right. Exactly right. I, you're, you're absolutely right. We bring that first. I think we have everything kind of flipped around because based on pain, we, right? Because we bring this supplication part first. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of that right now. We, we, I, we, mean, I mean, this isn't, this isn't like us preaching at you. This is us preaching with you. Like this is God's bringing this word to us. When too. we do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we don't we we often forget the other two elements of that of totally. that prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I think um by going in this order, really acknowledging God, praising God, thanking him, you're putting yourself in that right space, that right mind space. Alignment. And and, and you're that's where you begin that partnership with the Holy Spirit. That's such a great word. That's partnership. That's that's submitting to God, giving him the space to be who he is, laying that almost as a covering over our minds and our spirits first, and then partnering with him in that confession space and saying, all right, what can I do to serve you better? What can I do to serve others better? What can I do to walk into my purpose? What can I do today to shift so that you can realign me? Right. All right, now I've done enough where I can, I can, you know, in a, in a more balanced space come before you and say, okay, now what am I really asking for? And I'm not in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like, there are many times, you know, there are many times that I, I you know, I'm not sure uh, I have anything to confess. Right. Mm-hmm. But my prayer is Lord, wherever I've sinned, mm-hmm. Lord reveal those things to me so I can bring that yep. and correct it. That's confession, though. That's right? that's being in the confession space. That's 100% correct. I've done that plenty of times. Hey, God, if there's anything you need to show me that I'm getting in the way or needs to be realigned, and that's how that came about recently was mm-hmm. that big shift was yes. me saying, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I, if it's me, tell me it's me. Right. Because some of, those, <laughs> some of those things are just buried down deep. You don't even know. And yeah. We don't, and we don't know to address it. It's that. It's that Peeling of that onion, you know, so to speak. Absolutely. All right. Let's bring up James 4 2. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Yes. And so leave that scripture up for one second for me. Mm -hmm. I, I think many times. We as Christians, I think, you know, if you've been around a while, you've heard this before, but we focus on yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask for, ask God for it. We focus on that. Okay. But we miss the whole other part of the scripture. You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it now i'm just saying everybody's out there murdering each other but i'm talking about our mindset okay you are jealous of what others have but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take away uh, take it away from them now look this is our culture today this is what the media and everything in the world in today's culture preaches this is the religion of the world right here and what they preach they 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 fan the flame of jealousy and what you don't have and what is owed to you right owed to you and they 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 frame questions the question is, well, don't you deserve this? After all, you suffered this, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. After all, your culture 
has suffered this. You deserve these things. And I'm asking you, what does God say? Right. All right. We need to put aside what the world is trying to tell us because though yep. what this scripture is telling us, that isn't of God. Jealousy. When you're coveting yep. your neighbor's uh, things. Yep. Okay. Yep. So what if they have the nice cars, the bigger homes, the bigger bank account, or even the seemingly better marriage, right? You know what you have, you have God in your corner. Mm -hmm. You have the power and the majesty of God in your corner, the creator of the universe, right? And if you allow yourself to go there, you're you're turning away from everything he's offered you. Bring that to him. The the scripture is saying you're not asking. You're allowing the world's philosophy to get ahead of what I'm calling you to do. I'm bring it to your father. Mm -hmm. He's 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 saying yep. I have everything I, I i i greet you with open arms bring it to me right so what is it those things that you want in your life whether it's a solid marriage or you know uh your finances in order a better job a career okay don't get caught up in what so much of of what other people have bring your your needs and your wants mm -hmm. to god you know let, if we're gonna okay well let's just let's just talk about that if we're gonna talk about what other people have then you need to if you want what somebody else has then you need to want everything they have so let's see if you're gonna get their better marriage you're also gonna get their bratty kids and if you want their their finances you're also gonna get all their debt and if you want their car you're also gonna get the bill and if you want their job you're also gonna get the stress I mean, there is pros and cons to everything, guys. You can't just be running around acting like you're just, I, I'm going to wage war to get this because I deserve it. Okay, God knows exactly what his children need, and he's telling us to come and ask him for those things and then wait on him for his perfect timing, number one. Hello, can we say that louder? And also, he gives those things without the negative. When he blesses us with the things that we're asking for, they don't come with, by the way, if I'm going to give you that, it's also going to come with a bag of stress and a bag of debt and, you know, these financial and, and family issues. Like, it doesn't come with the things that we would have to take with us if we were to go actually get something that someone else has, because they also have their battles. So if you're going to get someone else's blessings, you're also getting their battles. Right. Don't focus on any of that. You don't know what's really going on. You don't know what they even they don't you don't know what they had to fight to get there and you don't know what they have to put up with to make it look like what they have is what they have okay so there's so much of that and if we don't if we don't focus on asking god and we focus on what others have we're missing it we're missing our blessings um one of the things that i wanted to uh bring up here is that let us approach him boldly with hearts full of faith right knowing that he is always ready to respond to our supplications with his perfect love and grace. Boldly is the word 
Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to approach the throne with, oh, hey, God, you know, if I ask for more money, I'm going to get more money. Right. That's boldly. No, that's just believing for impossible things. When, like, for instance, my husband, if you've been around at all, you know that he um, fights life, lifelong heart disease, period. Like he has the genetic um, version of heart disease. He's got familial hyperlipidemia. So when I and he's had lots of intervention because of this over the years. So when I ask God to heal him, I don't ask God to heal him like, hey, help him not have symptoms. No, I'm like, God, help him heal him in a way that just troubles doctors, that that brings glory to you in a miraculous way. When they go in there next time to see what's going on, they don't even find that he had a bypass surgery. I'm like, let's do the impossible, God, because I know who I serve. And I want glory to go to God. I don't want it to be something that was explainable. Yep. And I ask boldly. Right. And praise God for those prayers. Because, you know, a while a while ago, a few years ago, I had three heart attacks in one day. Mm -hmm. And if you've been around, you've heard this. Three heart attacks. And uh, uh, I came out of that with no damage. No heart damage. And pr praise God for those things. Praise God for, for that. And so, and that, and that's what you're talking about. Right. Absolutely. So right. what we want to do is end with just a little bit of like practicality. So we've talked about a lot of concepts today and kind of thought processes and perspectives, but I just wanted to end with a little bit of like, Hey, what can I do to actually strengthen my prayer life? We wanted you to consider these practical tips because, you know, let's walk away with something today you can apply. Right. So number one, set aside dedicated time for prayer. Establish a daily routine to spend time in prayer, whether it's in the morning, evening, or during breaks throughout the day. This is important to, to keep in mind. All these tips are important to realize that you're going to build towards this. This isn't like, hey, I'm going to walk away with guilt today that I haven't done this. <laughs> these are like, write these down and have these be things that you're starting to get practice on, right? Keep a prayer journal. Write down your prayers, thoughts, reflections to help you stay focused and remember God's answers to your prayers. You want to have faith in your prayer life growing? write down what's going on and then how God answered that prayer. And then you can build on something that he's already shown up for. You know what I'm saying? We can easily forget those things. Pray with others. Huge point. Pray with others. Join a prayer group, pray with friends and family to encourage and support one another in your spiritual journey. And I'm going to say this, listen to me, couples. If you're not praying together, you're missing it. Absolutely. Just saying you better be praying together because if you're not, then you got nothing to say. Because there is so much to be had in that being a part of your marriage. I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, use scripture as a guide. Incorporate Bible verses into your prayers. Hello. God's word is the sword. Absolutely. To deepen your understanding of God's word and align your prayers with his will. So these are things that, that you should be doing, that you should be working towards. These should be like hashtag goals. Okay. <laughs> and persistence in your prayer demonstrates our, your faith and trust in God's provision. Even when it seems like the answers are taking their sweet time. That's a whole other conversation, but just wanted to say this demonstrates persistence in prayer means I know my God and I know his perfect timing and I'm going to stay here for it. So, um, our, our verse to kind of, um, ponder, and then we'll have a question for the week is Luke 18, one through eight. It's a big one. So I'm going to read this to you. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. 
The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice to his chosen people, give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Mm. Now, I don't think God answers our prayers because we won't leave him alone. But I'll tell you what, he surely hears us when we won't, when we, when we consistently and persistently pray yeah, over it, something. Saying, really pointing out, look, this person that didn't believe in God doesn't believe at all right? in, in, in God, really. He still delivered justice. Don't you think the, the the God of the universe, like I said, your God, does? don't you think he will deliver justice? Now look, we all go through things, and when we go through things, we want that. Maybe we want that vengeance. We want justice. Mm -hmm. Let God handle those things. Uh, recently that that's happened, and I, I'm like, Lord, I'm, I, you take it forward. I have to give that to him, give it to, to God to handle. Cause mm -hmm. he knows everything that's happening. He knows the individual's heart. Mm -hmm. He knows that what that person may be going through or will go through. Yep. Let God deal justice in his timing and his way. And it's very key on his timing because guess what? That's everything. You have to trust that the Lord will render justice right yep. he will he will uh render judgment in due time you may not see it it may not be in your lifetime even but he is faithful absolutely so question of the week question of the week i need to get a little sound for that so you can play it yes i'm just i'm look we're bootstrapping the sounds right now <laughs> right now uh we just want to leave this with you uh, what's standing in the way of growth in your prayer life? Let's take an inventory. So of, every, of everything we've talked about today, you know, is there anything that stood out to you that God gave you that's standing in the way of growth in your prayer life? All right, so that's a wrap for today. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to Faith Unregulated wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you don't miss a single episode where we discuss having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. Again, we are your host, Javi and Jessica Madrigal. And if you have any questions or comments regarding this or any of our episodes, feel free to reach out at support at Javi and Jessica Madrigal.com. That's support at Javi, J-A-V-I-E and Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A Madrigal, M-A-D-R-I-G-A-L.com. Thank you, everybody, and have a blessed week.